Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds, and welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Reports. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Atlantis to the forest moon of Endor and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, some big news on the Multiverse Report front. That's big what's up. news, buddy. Big news. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. Not the biggest week in nerdy news, but certainly plenty to talk about. You know, um, I don't know if you ever noticed the weeks that aren't the biggest weeks in nerdy news, we end up going off. So I sure I yeah. sure have noticed that, yeah. Steve. I sure have noticed that. Um, but we got some cool stuff to talk about tonight. We're talking about um, a cast member, unex- very unexpected casting in Deadpool 3. Uh, we're talking a little bit about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and the sequel to that movie. We're talking about a franchise we have never talked about before in two years of doing the Multiverse Report. We have never talked about a, fran- a certain franchise that's coming up tonight. A little bit of the Batman 2 and some Star Wars comics news and some regular uh, comic rundown stuff. But top of the list tonight, my friend. Top of the list. Big news for the Multiverse Report. We have a sponsor our first sponsor hooray hooray that sponsor is the one and only funky town comics and vinyl in camillus new york so great we talk about them all the time anyway it's such a natural fit we're always in there they listen to our podcast we buy their comics we buy their vinyl so it's a a great combo natural natural partnership why not really why did it take so long it's the biggest question (laughs) So we are currently uh, being sponsored by Funky Town Comics and Vinyl. And as part of this uh, kickoff to this uh, beautiful friendship we have struck up, um, they wanted to uh, do a giveaway on our podcast. It was their idea. And we said, yes, absolutely. So all you had to do to enter yourself for this getaway was to be one of our followers on social media, either Facebook or Instagram. Um, We put all of the names of all of our followers into a randomizer. Um... So you didn't have to be a new follower. Could be new, could be old. And first of all, thank you so much for following us. We got uh, a big injection of um, followers on both platforms. And uh, you're going to start seeing a lot more from us on those platforms, pulling clips from the show. Um, You know, I I gave a little bit of a teaser on my thoughts on Secret Invasion Episode 3, which, by the way, we just did a full recap of. Um, Things like that. Uh, Maybe like quick news announcements, quick reactions to things that we're going to talk about in depth. So um, thank you for following us on those platforms. Keep an eye on those if you want more from us besides our weekly Sunday night recaps. Um, If you're watching us on YouTube, hello, by the way. Thank you. We know we have some people um, live watching us. Oh, hi, Jesse Um, and Brian. Oh, hi, Jesse and Brian. We even have names. We got names, people. We got names of our fans. If if you're watching live on YouTube and you want to... uh, inject a, a thought or a comment or a question hit us up hopefully steve will see it i was I gonna say we cannot that. guarantee that i see live comments because i'm throwing yeah. all sorts of production stuff around but we'll give steve's it our best working shot. hard steve's working hard over there i'm just on easy street sipping on a vitamin water and uh reading some news there you go you handle enough pre-roll anyway okay. <laughs> have i stalled have i uh have i stalled long enough have i 
created enough suspense before I announced the winner of this giveaway. Is it quite the drum roll? Quite the drum roll. The winner of a copy of this much acclaimed and much sought after graphic novel, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow by Tom Tom King, Bilquis Evely, and Mathis Lopes. This is a wonderful, incredibly wonderfully illustrated uh, graphic novel. I have not read the entire thing. I read the first couple issues and then I fell off. I got to get back on it. They've already announced that they're making a movie. They're making a movie based on this graphic novel called Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It's happening in James Gunn's DCU. They already announced it. And it's super cool. Supergirl has a sword. What? What? So cool. So right. cool. It's good enough. Yeah, but it's good enough anyway, but then you add a sword. I was going to say better. it's good enough that both of us have a copy of it sitting right here, but my cord for my headphones are way too short, so. <laughs> so you couldn't go and couldn't get there. If you're watching on YouTube, I just about grouted myself on uh, on my headphones, so we're good. <laughs> I missed it because I was putting my copy back, but I'll have to watch later and see you almost uh, fall on your face. Congratulations to Kevin Mahoney. Kevin Mahoney, loyal follower of us, uh, the Multiverse Report on um, Instagram and Facebook. Kevin Mahoney, you have two weeks to pick up your free copy of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow at Funky Town Comics in Camillus, New York. Funky Town Comics is uh, located right off of West Genesee Street, and they are open from noon to 8, from Tuesday through Friday, open from 10 a.m. to 8 on Saturdays, closed Monday and Tuesday. So uh, you can head in there anytime and pick up a copy of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow for free. It's yours, bud. It's yours, Kevin. Congratulations. And again, thank you so much for everybody um, who liked and shared and commented and you know, is now following us. And hopefully you stick with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, anything else you would like to say to about the contest or the sponsor, our new sponsors? No, Steve? I think you kind of nailed it right off the bat there. It's, uh, Thanks. Doing it's, my best. Doing it's gonna my be best. gonna be a good partnership. I think we're yeah. uh, we're 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 gonna find some 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 lanes to to coexist in here. I agree. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, uh cool ideas planned. Um, does it kind of feel like uh to you, Steve, that we kind of have like a boss now? Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, <laughs> I mean, Jesse seems like a he'd be a pretty good boss. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, what if we end up hating each other? That won't happen. No, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good. Um, uh, starting things off, before we get to our big uh, Marvel um, Deadpool 3 stuff, very brief but important Strike Watch update. Um, for those of you that may be joining us, one, welcome, by the way. Did you like all the tangenting and rambling that we did <laughs> already? Stick around. There's tons more to come. <laughs> um We've been doing a segment called Strike Watch uh, following the Writers Guild of America strike. Um, this is not an update on that because that hasn't moved at all. All the writers are on strike still. Nothing happening. No negotiations going on to my knowledge. Um, and uh, by the end of this week, we may have another union on strike uh, being uh, SAG-AFTRA, Screen Actors Guild Actors for television and film may also be joining the Writers Guild of America on strike. Uh, I think the deadline is the 15th, I believe, end of this week, deadline for negotiations. And it was moved already, like a week and a half. Did I say the 15th? You made a face when I said the 15th. Am I wrong? No, I just had a... Uh, we'll get to it at the end of your okay. segment here. Um, anyway, um, sag a shared on social media this week um, pictures of members 
uh, creating picket signs that say SAG after on strike, Screen Actors Guild on strike. So they are ready to go. I don't know if that is partly a negotiation tactic saying like, hey, look at us. We're ready to go. Right. You don't want us to strike, do you? Or is it legitimate <laughs> is it, or are or they know that things aren't looking good? And so they want to literally they're just legitimately creating signs because they know they're going to be using them. Right. Um, or maybe both. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. That'll that'll effectively shut everything down. Everything. Um, my my face was a moment of realization because last week I figured out what after us stood for. Uh, yes. Right. And the R is radio. So right. is this going wow. to go further than what we've seen so far? Like, does this have more implications or? I don't know, Steve. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Because huh. that'd be like radio hosts and stuff, right? right. Like radio personalities, like, like, is that like Howard Stern have to go on strike. Right. Like what level of what level of radio do you have to be to get yeah. to a, a guild position? That doesn't cover podcasting, right? Like, do we have to stop podcasting? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, don't, I, I never, sure I don't pay anyone union dues, so I think I'm okay. Say, pretty sure I'm not in a union, a yeah. podcast union. <laughs> I don't, I don't think one of those exists. Um, Are we starting one? So now? anyway, <laughs> yeah, you want to start one? Yeah, here we go. We got two members. All right. We're our own union. Watch out, Funky Town. We're unionizing already. <laughs> All right. Marvel, here we go. I don't know. Um, I don't know if anyone was expecting this. Anybody, despite all the rumors, and we haven't really talked about a lot of the rumors because so far they've all just been rumors. Right. Deadpool three. Let's talk about what we know about Deadpool three. We know that it's currently being made. It's currently being filmed, despite the writer strike. Has not shut down production, which Steve and I believe is insane for a movie. That is heavily dependent on Ryan Reynolds improvising lines and coming up with jokes left and right. Not allowed to do that during a writer strike. Just not. That means you're writing new lines that will be in the movie. You're not allowed to do that. So, I don't know. Weird that they're still making this movie. We've talked about it before. Um, a lot of the main cast is coming back. Announced that. Like uh, Marina ba- Baccarin. Um, this guy that plays Dopender. Leslie Uggams is Blind Al. They're coming back. Not. Uh, oh, God. Not Zazie Beats, though, as Domino. Yeah, not Zazie Beats, which is insane because she's great as Domino. And we haven't heard anything about uh, Cable. Right, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. I knew it was a Brolin. I couldn't think of the first name. No, you know. Anyway, the big big reveal that was announced months ago is that Deadpool 3 will feature the return of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, And we know that this is going to be uh, Deadpool's Entry into the MCU. We know that uh, he is originally part of the 20th Century Fox X-Men universe. That's a studio that made the first two. This is Disney and MCU making Deadpool 3. Still going to be rated R. They've said that a million times. People still don't believe that it's going to be rated R. I still see people (laughs) complaining about it being a PG-13 movie. Like, yo, they can't stop telling you that it's rated R. You need to listen to them. It's happening. Um. So when they announced Hugh Jackman, we immediately thought like, oh, is he going to? Oh, and then there were rumors that it was going to be something having to do with uh, the Time Variant Authority and that Owen Wilson was going to be in this movie. We've heard that. Miss Minutes, um, uh, Tara Strong's character from the Loki TV show, confirmed to be in Deadpool 3. So, okay, so he's going to be using 
the TVA to be jumping to different universes. Is that how he meets up with Hugh Jackman? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But there have been rumors, ladies and gentlemen. There have been rumors. Yeah, we got some some very strong ones over the course. Very, yes, but we don't like to talk about rumors too much on this show. We like to talk about confirmed news. We don't like to stoke fires that are going to, you know, turn out to be lies. So well, we haven't really been reporting on the rumors that we've heard, but we've heard them. And now they kind of make sense after this little tidbit of information. Now I tend to believe all of those rumors um, big time. One of them specifically. And should we go over the rumors first or should we go over the confirmation? Let's go over the confirmation. Let's go over the confirmation. It was reported by the Hollywood Reporter this week. Confirmed that Jennifer Garner is going to be returning as Elektra in Deadpool 3. Jennifer Garner returning as Electra in Deadpool 3. No, Jennifer for, Garner first played what's what's that? I was gonna say for people who don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Have wiped these uh that movie's in particular from their minds. Yes. Um, Jennifer Garner played Electra twenty years ago. Yeah. In a movie called Daredevil, starring Ben Affleck as Daredevil and Colin Farrell as Bullseye, and Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. Pretty dope casting for Kingpin, I gotta say. Oh, um, I did also forget she did not only play Electra in Daredevil. Oh, yeah. There was an eponymous movie yep. made explicitly for her character, yep. which I completely forgot existed. Uh, yes, yeah, she reprised the role in 2005, two years later for an Electra spinoff movie. Steve, have you seen the Electra movie? Well, since I didn't know it existed, then no. Oh, you didn't know it existed. Oh, okay. I, yeah. No, it wasn't even a forgot. It was just like, that's not there. That didn't happen in wow. my brain. Um, I knew that it existed. I knew that it existed in 2005, and I chose not to go see it. I thought it looked terrible. Hmm. A couple of friends of mine went to see it because they had big crushes on Jennifer Garner, and I believe that they agreed that it was terrible, and I decided I don't need to see this movie. Um, and I still don't think I need to see this movie no. <laughs> for Deadpool 3. Um. Uh, Jennifer Garner, it's worth mentioning, Jennifer Garner has worked with both Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool 3 director Sean Levy on a movie called The Adam Project. Um, she, uh, so she's, yeah, she's the second confirmed superhero actor to be returning as their character from the 21st Century Fox universe, first being Hugh Jackman. Now, the other actors that have been rumored to be showing up in Deadpool 3 include the following James Martin returning as Cyclops, Famke Jansen returning as Jean Grey, Halle Berry returning as Storm. I also heard today rumor Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart returning as Magneto and Professor X and also Ben Affleck returning as Daredevil. That is the one now I believe more than anything else. If Jennifer Garner is coming back as Elektra, Ben Affleck's going to be there as Daredevil. I feel like like it would be weird to not have him if they got her. You know what I mean? Because like people yep. rem- like like you didn't even remember that there was an Electra movie. No, I, I remember, remember Garner that, as Electra in Daredevil. Yeah, you remember that Ben Affleck played Daredevil. Right. Um, I don't know that a ton of other people do, <laughs> but I I I tend to believe all of these all of these rumors now, or at least a lot of them, or at least that they're trying to get all these people to come back. The question is, how big of a role do all these characters have? Are they? I believe that Hugh Jackman is going to be like part of the movie. Yes. Um, and are the rest of these cameos like? How much is Jennifer Garner getting paid to show up as Elektra? Is she just going to be in a scene? Is she just? Is she going to be? 
a team? Is it going to be a team up? Like, what's going on here? I can't imagine that it's going to be too much more than a cameo, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Well, and what do you think about this it, in general? So, if you go back a couple of weeks, I'm sure. Uh, I, th- I think we had touched on one of the rumors, or it might have been even when we were positing uh, something. I had said, oh, they're going to make the movie out of Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Like the yeah. run that they did back in, I think it was like 2010, yes. 2011. There is, a, there is a comic book series called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. It's like a what if kind of scenario right. where. And it's exactly it's what like, you would think by the name. Yes. Deadpool murders everybody, all the famous heroes yeah. of marvel universe and now that we're seeing all these rumors steve and i we were talking the other night we are kind of thinking now maybe deadpool 3 is going to be maybe not blatantly subtitled but maybe deadpool 3 is going to be deadpool kills the 20th century fox marvel universe yeah so yeah that would be uh one way to (laughs) one way to ensure the transition over to uh the MCU proper for Mr. Pool. Yes. So yes. I, I think uh, it's an, it's a solid concept just because of mm-hmm. the, the craziness and stupidity of Deadpool in general. Yeah. Um, I think they could pull it off. I think using the multiverse shenanigans to do it doesn't bother me in the least because of the fact that it's a Deadpool movie. Right. If there is some crazier, like larger implications on everything else, that might be a different story. But mm-hmm. if they if they take it and make a Deadpool movie, a Deadpool movie, and it's a multiverse premise, and they're bouncing around from like the the Fox universe to the Sony universe to whoever, and just Deadpool's mm-hmm. doing his thing, that's one thing. So, and that I would be I'd be really actually excited for. I think it would be just fun that said i feel like you may have a different side of things here well speaking of things we said a few weeks ago and when we're talking about the flash which we both liked it's not a perfect movie but it's a good movie um i realized despite me being a fan of the flash and being a fan of seeing michael keaton as batman again Seeing that movie made me realize I am sick of multiverse stories. I I don't need, uh, you know, tell me, oh, I, we got the guy that played the thing right. 15 years ago coming back for one more. Like, ah, if it's not like you want to tell me, a, you want to tell me a new story about that guy playing that character. Great. If you, it's just going to be like, I don't need a cameo or what. I don't I don't know. I'm just like, I'm I'm tired of multiverse stories. I just want a new story. I just want a new moving forward thing. Because it just seems like Hollywood is jumping on this idea now and every superhero franchise has to have a multiverse movie and they're running it into the ground. Um, You know, who would have thought Hollywood would ever take a popular idea and strangle it until it's dead? Well, especially Um, when the the best multiverse movie that's been made isn't even a comic book movie in any way, shape or form. You're talking about everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Yes, 100% agree. Uh, However, the uh, second and third best multiverse movies that have ever been made are superhero movies and they're called spider-man into and across the spider-verse yes very much so those i'll take i'll take 20 more of those if they maintain that level of consistency however things like (laughs) spider-man well it'll take you about 70 years for that mike based on the the way they're working these vfx artists (laughs) yes yeah 
see <laughs> yeah see two weeks ago yeah <laughs> in, in standard comic book fashion it's a little subtitle here see two weeks ago for our conversation yeah. about that yeah um so i don't know like because i'm not necessarily excited about i can't wait to see james martz and his cyclops again or i can't wait to see halle berry's storm and i like i don't need to see ben affleck as daredevil again like these things are not inherently exciting to me the only thing that i think could make this work where other things would not work for me is the fact that, like you said, it's a Deadpool movie. It's going to be played for comedy. And especially if he's going to be like brutally murdering all these characters, that's something that we certainly have never seen before. We probably came close with Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, which was another movie that was very mixed amongst uh, fans. I think the problem might be if you can't communicate that this is a different idea or it's a different tone or whatever from those other movies that audiences are possibly getting sick of like you know when we were talking about the flash we were talking about how part of the part of part of the reason people may not want to see it is because they're sick of multiverse stories already and if that's the case like i I think i said this on the episode if that's the case marvel is in big trouble because they're in the middle of a saga called the multiverse saga that isn't going to end till 2027 yeah so if people are sick of multiverse stories they're screwed big time and if they don't market this in a way that seems new and fresh and fun to audiences then audiences might be like oh more multiverse shit i don't need i don't want to see this i don't want to see this disney's ruined ruining deadpool movie i don't want to see you know like that's going to be the narrative unless they can spin this some way to uh get people other than nerds uh into it you know um because I think the strength of the Deadpool movies have been they are so good that you don't have to be a nerd to like them. And they attract non-comic book readers because Ryan Reynolds is Ryan fun Reynolds. and <laughs> great and hilarious. So, like, you want to go see him. And the movie's great. Yeah. You know, like, Deadpool 1. No one thought Deadpool 1 was going to be as good as it is. Heartfelt, emotional love story attached to the middle of that movie. Right. Makes in it a Deadpool work. movie. <laughs> In a Deadpool movie, yeah, exactly. And Deadpool two is good. It's not as good as one, but it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I don't know. It's all got to come down to marketing in this. Um, who else do you think? Do you think we're going to see anybody else from that Fox universe? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the first class guys too. That's my question. Like, yeah. uh, because it is, it is like if it is multiverse. If he's jumping around, then you could see old Cyclops and young Cyclops at the same time. Like maybe Nicholas Holt, we see Nicholas Holt and Kelsey Grammer, you know, as beast or whatever. Um, now that do we go ahead. I was going to say that said this whole thing, like we could be hearing all these rumors and, you know, they announce Garner, they do this, they do that. And it could just be the first quarter of the movie is him slaying that and then going off on whatever the actual mission is. Or it could be as small as that cameo, that X-Men cameo in Deadpool 2, where he just like, there's a door open behind him with all the X-Men and it just like slowly closes before he sees like that's, you know, it could be that. It could be that. Um, I hope it's not. I hope it's more. I hope it's slightly more than that. But uh, I don't know. It would almost be great as that for them to hype up like Jennifer Garner is the second person we're announcing for this. And then, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she was in the credits. She's dead by the end of the credits. I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of think it would be great if all these people came back and they were all main-ish characters and 
It's literally, it's like the movie, it's like the Fox version of the Avengers that we never got. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be cool. If they were all treated with, like, respect and written uh, well and, like, you know, characters are pushed forward, but, like, we see them do the stuff we wish that they could have done, but the movies started sucking. I was going to say, like, doing all the things that Fox failed to do with them. Yeah, exactly. Like, that would be pretty great. It was, like, Deadpool leading like the x-men kind of but plus daredevil you know (laughs) you know well it'd it'd Uh, be like uh all new x-men when um uh the the original like the original six came back to like modern times and there was it was a weird time travel thing but uh you had you know the equivalent of famke jensen and uh sophie turner uh staring at each other uh like okay this is weird that's young me i don't know what's going yeah. on so that they, would be if they could find ways to make it work yeah if they did that that would be cool i i feel like they probably won't i feel like it'll probably be cameos and he'll probably murder everybody um but i hope i'm wrong i mean i hope it's something that i'm not even thinking of i hope it's something i hope it's some third option that is better than anything that i could yeah. think of um do you think we will see nicholas cage as ghost rider ooh I mean, Will he we got, see Eric he, Bana. Eric Bana as the Hulk. That one, ah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, maybe Edward Norton. Eric, ba- oh, Eric Bana, Edward Norton, and Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. With a Lou Ferrigno cameo too. Oh, for of the course. Hell of it. They all turn into Hulks and they all fight each other. <laughs> oh, That'd be great. That's great. All right, cool. We talked about that for a very long time. Um. Here's another bit of a Marvel news. Kind of a bit of a bummer for fans of uh, Shang-Chi. Simu Liu, star of Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings, gave an update via, I think it was Threads, new uh, Twitter rival from Instagram fame. Threads. Sure. Which we're not on as of right now. I think we technically have an account. Uh, I think I, I accidentally clicked a button and yeah. then deleted the uh, app. So, okay. Well, maybe we're on. Who knows? We're definitely on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, he was responding on threads to a fan asking about the status of Shang-Chi 2. And he said, it was told it would follow Avengers, but that keeps pushing back due to circumstances beyond my control. Frowny face. Hope to have more concrete news to share soon. So he didn't specify what Avengers movie. But we both know the next two Avengers movies, Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars, are scheduled for 2026 and 2027, respectively. So, I mean, there were certainly some blanks on that uh, Phase 6 chart that Kevin Feige debuted last year at Comic-Con. So maybe Shang-Chi is one of those. But if it's not... But no, he said after, so it could be, it could be in 2026, could be before Avengers Secret Wars, but if it's not, then we're talking maybe 2028 for a sequel to a movie that came out in 2021, Um, uh, because that's when Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings came out. It was a pretty popular movie. It did, it was released during, you know, when COVID was still raging and did pretty well at the time, uh, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Um, apparently Marvel really likes his work because he since has uh, been hired to direct 
Avengers Kang Dynasty and also the Wonder Man series for Disney Plus. So um, he uh, the director certainly has a lot on his plate. So who knows if there is a Shang-Chi 2, is it going to be that guy or they're going to get a different person because this guy's going to be burned out on Marvel stuff by then. Who knows? Um, Steve, I don't remember. I'm sure we talked about Shang-Chi. Were we doing this podcast when Shang-Chi came out? I think so but it was during covid and neither of us saw it for like months after yeah we didn't see it till it was on disney plus i don't right. think either of us because it was one of the ones that they first kind of put back into theaters and yes yep i think it was the first one they put back into theaters right might have been black widow i don't know if there was one between black widow no, and i think it was Shang-Chi. i don't yeah, remember I think it was eternals this. uh eternals might have been after it either way it was in that that ballpark yeah in that uh vein did you like shang chi Let's talk about it. I thought it was fine. I, I, enjoy, I it was I, one of those where I enjoyed the movie and it wasn't, you know, it's not in the you know top five of my MCU movies, but it's also nowhere, yeah. nowhere near the bottom five either. So it's like, yeah, s- solidly in the middle. I kind of agree. Um, I thought it was fine. I feel like I should watch it again because I don't really even remember too much about it. I remember some of the fighting, the fighting being great, but. Um, feeling like some of the effects were like little uh, video gamey and it was a little bit yeah. of a predictable plot um, but I should watch it again because I like him a lot I like the Simu Liu as uh, Shang-Chi I thought it was great I thought he was really good um, I feel like this is a I feel like Marvel's spinning too many plates because I kind of forgot about that movie I guess and I forgot that they had announced a sequel <laughs> to it so and he hasn't been in anything else. Like they haven't teased Shang-Chi. He hasn't shown up in any, like this is something that yeah. it's hot. Sometimes it's hard for me to verbalize why I don't feel as connected to the MCU during phase four as I did during phases one and two and most of three. Um, and I think it's because they're losing that interconnectivity or it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like the interconnectivity is there as much because the things that they tease in like post credit scenes, well, they have like so many more characters and they all have yep. to like tease all the other characters. But some of these characters, they tease and we're not going to see for another five years. Hi, or Blade. How are you? Know? you? Yeah, Blade at the end of Eternals. Yeah, but like Shang Chi, like his post credit scene, or oh, what yeah. was it a post credit scene or was yeah. it in the end of the movie? I don't remember. But we saw Carol Danvers and Bruce Banner. Yep. But, like, what were they even talking about? Like, they haven't followed up on that at all. <laughs> no, it's just out there. Like, what? Like, I feel like they're teasing stuff. The post credit scenes are teasing things that are, aren't are going to come out for so long. And then things keep getting pushed back or things keep getting changed. Or, like, sometimes they do post credit scenes that that don't really end up paying off to anything at all. Like, the, I remember the, the when I saw Ant-Man Quantumania, finally... The post credit scene on that was the first one that felt like a phase one or two post credit scene where it was like Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston watching Kang on stage. Like, this is the guy. This is this really? This is the guy. And I was like, oh, that's the that's a tease for something that's setting up. You know, it has something to do with the movie I just watched. And also there's these characters that I will see again. You know, like that's that was a good post credit scene, I thought. Now, maybe we're not going to get the payoff on that for another two years, but. 
don't know. Do you know what I mean? I feel yeah, like they're lo- like they're they have so much they have to service that they the, even when they're like referencing something, it doesn't feel as strong as a connection moving forward anymore. The web's getting um, spread a little too thin, and I don't yes. mean Spidey. Right, that's its own animal. But they, uh, yeah. the it's they're they're so broadened that there's no you're you're losing the interconnectivity that made phase whatever the avengers infinity war ended with right three uh that made yeah. like one two and three so connected yeah i agree and like a movie like shang chi was good but if he doesn't show up in anything else how many other people are going to forget about shang chi too or care you know, if we don't get a sequel until 2027 or 2028, like... Right. If he shows up in Secret like, Wars, people are going to be like, who's this guy? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I remember that yeah. guy. I guess I don't really want a sequel, though, because right. I don't care about him anymore because I haven't seen him for four years or something. Right. It's just, Same thing with, like, The Eternals. Wild. You know? They've left What'd that... Same thing with, like, The Eternals. They've yeah. They've left that on a shelf, and it's just kind of there, and they're going to do yeah, their and thing. Yeah, and those were... There's two post-credit scenes in that that teased big things that we haven't seen hide nor hair of. Like, we haven't heard anything about the Eternals, I don't think, in a, like, right. a super long time. Yeah, and you've got, what, you know, like, between between that and the Star Fox thing, and there there's, there's a plethora of things that are pointing towards something cosmic, and all of everything is now going towards Kang, and it's like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, it just seems like... And then Fantastic know. Four is going to come in, and you're going to have them, and likely Doom, and it's like, yeah. what, where, where like, is all this going? And how much of it is because of all the things we read about? How like, oh, they change their mind last minute, or they rewrite yeah. stuff, or they they change act. Like, how much of like, you know, how many times has something that was teased in a post credit scene gotten changed at the last minute? So now the post credit scene doesn't work anymore. The tease doesn't matter. You know, like. Yep. Who knows? Things are, they change stuff all the time. They're constantly in a state of flux, I feel like. And now Bob Iger saying we're going to do less. So it's going to take even longer to get these payoffs if we ever get them at all. So, right. I got those payoffs being Shang-Chi. I think we're going to see a lot of the payoffs dropped and that they're they're going to go back to a tight core, which I hope so. It should be from a movie. They need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So they need to, they need to, show some connectivity between characters and not just characters that we already know are like Avengers linked. Like we need Shang-Chi needs to show up in like needs to meet Dr. Strange or something like that. Right. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Like, like this is a, this is a phase, uh, three movie, but like, remember the end of, uh, the tease of Captain America civil war. One of the post credit scenes was, uh, Peter Parker, who we just met in that movie, is Tom Holland, like shining his little uh, Spider-Man light on the ceiling, which is a reference to like super early Stan Lee and Steve Ditko comics yeah. when Spider-Man would shine this like spider signal at criminals to let them know they were about to get beat up by Spider-Man, which is a thing I didn't even realize, but I'm rereading a lot of those issues right now. Nice. So I was like, oh, that's cool. But then he's never used it. No, oh. he's had. He's been in a bunch of movies since then. He has not used it one time. Like, and that's like a small, that's not like a, a plot detail, but like they, they end up like civil war is one of the most popular movies in the MCU. I feel like they, the last thing in that movie is Peter Parker 
showing that signal and then we have literally never seen it once. Yeah. No. And why? Why'd you do that? What, yeah. <laughs> why? Why'd you, why'd you waste all that time doing X, yeah. Y, or Z if you're not gonna? Yeah. Could you not think of anything else? And hey, if you can't think of a good post-credit scene, maybe don't, don't have one. Yeah. Don't have one. I'll be fine. It'll be okay. Anyway. Sorry. Apparently, I'm getting pretty frustrated with it Marvel. Seems, seems <laughs> the to be the case. Is down on those first two stories there. Seriously. I don't know. Sorry, Marvel fans that are listening to me. Please, I like a lot of it, so please don't don't completely <laughs> give up on me. I'm still here. I'm still here for you, fighting the good fight. I just want it to be good. That's yeah. all. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just I don't suck. I, I want, That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, and don't make me feel like I wasted my time watching all those other movies you made watch. You know? <laughs> like, you gotta... That's if the you're thing leading, is, they're the ones setting it up as that. Like, right, right. Don't, don't get us invested and bring us into all this just to not pay it off anywhere right because you're just gonna burn people out like you're doing with us yeah you're telling me that this post-credit scene is important or like you made a whole movie called shang chi and legends of the ten rings which was probably over two hours long and you made me watch it you didn't make me watch it but you told me to watch it because it was going to be like a thing moving forward and it hasn't been you didn't have someone from marvel like literally going to your house and like pulling you out and bringing you to the theater I, I, I didn't, but um, sometimes when I'm sitting through a movie like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, it feels like there's a gun to my head because <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, not enjoying this too much. Actually, you know what? That's a bad example because I did like that movie more than I thought I would. A uh, better example would be Thor Love and Thunder there you that go. I did not enjoy nearly as much as I thought I was going to. Again, though. But anyway. Same, yeah. Same thing. Great concept. Hey, you know what? That suffered from the... Uh... The Spidey or the Spider-Man three, the Toby Spider-Man three issue of just trying to throw too much shit at it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, somebody that does know something is Greta Gerwig. She's an Oscar nominated uh, director. Yeah. Also a, a very wonderful actress. In great movies like Francis Ha. If you've never seen that movie, you should check it out. It's great. Um, Greta Gerwig as a director of Oscar-nominated films like Lady Bird and the 2019 Little Women, as well as the upcoming Barbie coming out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Same weekend as Oppenheimer, which the internet is just loving the fact those two movies are coming out in the same weekend. Could there be two more diametrically opposed movies coming out? And that is why everyone's loving it. Um, people are making uh, Barbenheimer plans to go see one, then go see the other double feature in a day. I don't think I'll be going to see both of them in the same day. I'd like to see both of them. I'm um, not going to lie. I'll probably see both of them on my couch. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see both I mean, of them. I'm not theater excited to see both of them. No offense to Barbie. Because I do want to see it. I think it looks very fun and funny. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to see Oppenheimer in the theater. Like, that definitely seems like a cinematic experience. Right. Whereas Barbie also seems like a very fun movie-going experience. However, that's a better couch movie for me than a theater movie. Oppenheimer seems like that would be, you know, if I'm going to see an atomic bomb go off in surround sound, it seems like it could be worthy. Anyway... We're not talking about Christopher Nolan. We're talking about Greta Gerwig. And Greta Gerwig has been announced that she will direct the Netflix reboot 
of the Chronicles of Narnia. Ba-bam. This mm. is a franchise. Been around for a very long time. Steve, I don't believe that you or I have even come close to talking about the Chronicles of Narnia in over two years of doing this podcast, my friend. Well, that's because I have a confession to make, Mike. I've never seen, heard, or read anything about the Chronicles of Narnia. Boom! Whoa! (laughs) What a confession! (laughs) Um, Steve, I'm not too far away from you on that. I have read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I saw a, like... Um, like a PBS miniseries um, adaptation of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when I was a kid. Or maybe it was BBC. I don't know. I saw it on PBS. I don't know who made it. Um, I may have seen part of the more recent movie of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I don't think I watched the whole thing if I saw any of it at all. I don't know that I saw any of it at all. I did not see the other two that they made. Um, because they made three, I think. There's like eight books, but they only made three movies because people weren't going to see them. I think they made Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They made Voyage of the Dawn, Treader, and Prince Caspian, I think. Hmm. I haven't seen, I don't think, really any of those three. The one you did Um, see was a BBC adaptation. A BBC adaptation, yes. I saw it when I was a child. Um, I barely remember anything about it. Yep. My sister loved those books. She read all of them many times. Oh, nice. Obsessed with them. But now, Netflix has acquired the rights to uh, Chronicle of Narnia, and they acquired them in 2018. Apparently, after the film series kind of petered out and weren't going to do anything. Uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and Prince Caspian were made by Disney, and then Voyage of the Dawn Treader was made by 20th Century Fox. Um, so that was that's a strange case of a franchise shifting studios um, without one studio buying the other one. I don't know that I've ever... Like, how many times has that happened? Like, why well, didn't Disney make the third one also? Happened with Lord of the Rings. Maybe if... Happened with Lord of the Rings? Oh, no, never mind. I'm, I I was thinking... Glo- I, it's the thing we were literally talking about where I was paying attention to people writing things <laughs> in the chat, and then I'm like, oh, we're failing it. Are people saying things in the chat? What are they saying? They were just agreeing with us on the Marvel does too many things point. Oh, thanks for agreeing with us, people. Thank you. Yeah, and for anyone listening you. on your podcast feed, this is our first uh, first real foray into uh, full-blown live streaming with other humans and not just recording it for like, our own purposes. So Attempting to communicate with those humans? Yeah, we'll, we'll work some of the kinks out as we go, and it won't yeah. be as awkward near your we, goals. I feel like we've had people watching us before, obviously, but... They seldom interact. Yeah. And we seldom interact back. Again, I don't at all. I don't see anything. I see Steve's face and my notes. That's all I see. Steve's got, you know, a whole multi-screen setup going on over there. Yeah, I should. uh, Yeah. You're my guy in the chair. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Our guy in the chair. Anyway, so Greta Gerwig, Chronicles of Narnia. So Steve... Someone that uh, hasn't read or seen any of these stories at all, does this have, does this bear any interest of you? Or you're like, you know what? I'm finally going to watch these Narnia things now that Gerwig is attached. I mean, it might be one of those where it's, <laughs> it, we're, we're into that territory of like, if it comes out and it gets rave reviews, I'll probably take a look at it. But beyond that, yeah. like, I, okay, cool. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Right. Um, 
I can't say that I'll watch them. You know, if my if my son wants to watch them, then sure, right. then I will absolutely. Um, but like, I'm not inherently attracted to these uh, stories, despite it liking at least one of them when I was a kid. Um, coincidentally, uh, she would before this mo- uh, this news dropped, uh, Greta Gerwig was asked in an interview if she would ever make a superhero movie or like a big action movie. And she said, yes, of course. I think probably every director has a fantasy baseball league in their head of what movies they want to make. There are some movies I'd like to make that require a big canvas. At the same time, I've seen so many directors move between bigger movies and smaller movies. Chloe Zhao doing No Man Land and then making Eternals or Steven Soderbergh or even my weekend buddy, Christopher Nolan, the referencing that Barbie and Oppenheimer are coming out the same weekend. Um, Christopher Nolan, he made the Dark Knight trilogy and they're wonderful. And then he made the Prestige, which is not a tiny movie, but it is also not the same thing. I want to play in lots of different worlds. That's the goal. I like that attitude from her quite a bit. Uh, she's somebody that um, can make a small indie movie like Lady Bird and make it so good that it's nominated for Best Picture. Um, but then also make like a big, you know, I don't know if blockbuster is the right word for Barbie, but it's certainly... Uh, a summer tentpole release. Um, now she's saying she wants to make big action movies, and I think she's got her chance with some of these Narnia books, depending on how you interpret the text and uh, what kind of movie you want to make. I think, I mean, there's battles and uh, adventure, certainly all over those uh, stories. So um, I think this might be, she might have already known that she got the gig, and this was her uh, uh, her way of talking about what she wants to do with them. So, but any filmmaker that's like excited to play in a lot of different sandboxes, I feel like is probably worth paying attention to. And, um, you know, like, uh, uh, worthy of me witnessing their artistry, I guess, you know, like they yep. want to try different things. They don't want to just stay in the same box the whole time. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'll probably end up checking it out. Compared to compared to the there's we're we're currently in the situation where there's eight million things on TV, yeah, and half of them all suck. Half of half <laughs> of them all suck. That totally makes sense. But like half of them all yeah, suck. You know, one hundred percent of half of them are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably pick it up for the heck of it if it gets remotely decent reviews. But yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's a thing that you watch with your son. Could be. If if he's old, by the time they, you know, she hasn't started making them, so it's going to be years, so oh, yeah. might be old enough to watch them by the time they come out, depending on their uh, tone and rating. Well, um, and the way things are being, you know, maligned now between Rings of Power and various other uh, things they've tried to put out, like who knows if it ever makes it to anywhere. Who knows? Who knows? Um this is a huge uh, non-nerdy recommendation, but you just said that everything on TV sucks. I'll recommend something to you and all of our listeners that does not suck. Uh, there's been three seasons of this show. The third season is the end, so it is wrapping up uh, currently on HBO Max. Sorry, Max. It's called The Other Two, and it is a half-hour comedy, and it is hilarious. Um, it's about two older siblings that find out their younger brother uh, has become or... Uh, or becomes like a Justin Bieber, like little kid pop star, like blows up overnight in this incredible like success. And them in their like late twenties, early thirties have to start taking a look at their own lives and realizing <laughs> what kind of failures they are and how they are reacting to their like, you know, 
kid brother all of a sudden being the most famous person in the world. It's hilarious. It's super funny. Um, and the third season really like cranks up the absurdity, Steve. I think you and nice. your wife would specifically really like it. It's really, really funny. Um, and I, uh, I just laugh out loud constantly watching it. So the other two, it's not nerdy at all, but you mentioned TV. So I'm giving you a recommendation and tangentially all of our readers are also getting readers. Even better. Thanks for reading. Thank you for reading this podcast, everybody. (laughs) Really appreciate all of our readers out there. Uh, Well, I'm personally going to go read something that Matt Reeves wrote about uh, his next work of art. Well, not next, but yeah, do it, read it. So, uh, well, it's it's recently uh, come up that um, Mr. Reeves will be continuing on his uh, nerdy sojourn as the writer and director for Batman Part Two. Um, for sure. So, the Team Deacons podcast. Uh, apparently, he was on discussing said movie uh, mm-hmm. and noted, "I'm trying to write the next movie now with my partner, and we're doing this thing." And he's like going, let's just push it farther. And I was like, yeah, that would be really exciting to do. So small quote, what small quote, (laughs) but uh, interesting quote, I think. And, you know, uh, great job handling that curveball that I threw you because I usually read everything. Yeah. And you said you were about to read it. So I let you go and you nailed it, buddy. (laughs) There we go. Um, Small quote. And I list I didn't listen to the entire podcast. I kind of like skimmed through it. And this is really all he said about Batman Part 2. It was just like him and his writing partner want to push it farther than the first one. What do you think that means? What do you think it means? To, as Like, you and I both yeah. really love uh, the Batman. What What do you think it means to... Like, that movie goes pretty hard in a lot of, a lot of different ways as far as, like, right. how it's almost a horror movie, how it's very intense, it's very dark. Yeah. Um, how do you push that far? Like, what are they talking about pushing farther? What do you I, think? It, I don't know, but it worries my brain of <laughs> yeah. like the, it to, to maintain it being a Batman movie and where, where it looked like they were setting to in motion or where they were going at the end of Batman or the Batman. Yeah. What are you going to crank to 11? Like there's, there's not much you can spinal tap here. Um, I think one of the possibilities is that they'll be maybe introducing a super powered villain instead of just keeping it like, like Riddler's just like a guy, you know, or Joker's just like a guy who's crazy. Maybe we get like, I maybe, I mean, Clayface is probably too far, but like somebody like that, somebody that's like a science experiment gone wrong. Right. How do you, how do you make that work in an aesthetic like the Batman, which is very grounded or seemingly. But I think that's what I liked about the Batman is that it was the street level. Like give me, me give me Penguin, give me more of what we saw, you know, the crime bosses, all that, like, that was what set that apart from other iterations and why yeah, it, you're right. it felt how it did and why it kind of landed how it did almost. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Cause I, I feel like um, we were talking recently, possibly I think it might've been even last week about um, how, we're, how, how Warner brothers is going to differentiate Robert Pattinson's, the Batman Batman 
to whoever plays Batman in the DCU. Like there's going to we're going to have two Batman going at the same time ish in two different universes. And you got to separate you have to make them different. Um, You have to make them feel different. If they don't look different, you got to make them feel different at least. So I'm inclined to think that the DCU Batman will be more more likely to take on somebody like a Mr. Freeze or a Solomon Grundy or a Clayface, whereas the Matt Reeves will stick to Jokers and Riddlers and Catwomen and Penguins and Scarecrows, maybe. Maybe. Scarecrow's like the farthest I feel like you could go, where there's just a gas, you know, that affects people. Because, I mean, Christopher Nolan did it pretty grounded. But you can also do wild, wacky, crazy versions of Scarecrow also. So, I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know. It's going to be darker. It's going to be more violent. It's going to be rated R. Probably won't be rated R. I can't imagine that they're going to make a rated R Batman movie. They're just That's just leaving money on the table. Right. I feel like. So Yeah, that, that's kind of a niche. Like, the R-rated, R-rated superhero movie needs to be specific characters or else you're right they're just yeah. leaving things on the table yeah i mean i and i think i think batman is a character that could work in an r-rated environment but um he's too popular he's too popular to uh to put a to put a restriction on people that can go see it <laughs> for sure um so that's interesting i feel like i want to think about this more and like I, I told you i started re-watching the batman i haven't finished it yet because it's a three-hour movie. Yep. But um, I feel like I want to finish it thinking about what could they possibly be pushing farther in this movie. Or is it just like pushing the characters farther, like pushing the characters more like to their limits or raising the stakes, like what could possibly be um, higher stakes than you know saving the city or whatever. Well, who knows? I don't know, but you said three-hour movie and that put something in my brain of um hit me what what currently or what went down last night uh my wife and i decided to start avatar way of water oh okay um i how far'd you get uh an hour and a half oh wow okay uh and (laughs) what do we think i I haven't seen it what do we think within about 20 minutes i uh, texted our uh, friend of the pod, Matt Peseda, and said, I think it's already losing me. Oh. Because the plot <laughs> is so formulaic. It, it's beautiful. Yeah. The whole thing is beautiful. Sure. Yeah. And it it holds your attention once you get to the, the actual water land because yeah. of the visuals. But so far, literally every plot thread has been wrote. Like... Mm just formulaic everything yeah. I, I can already tell who's gonna like what's going down later in the what's movie. gonna happen and if yeah. they if they subvert it cool <laughs> but it's just like yeah i you, you james cameron made a movie to make some visuals and uh put a, a stamped a plot on it much like the first one yeah that seems like what sells the the avatar movies Maybe if you take 15 years to make a movie, it better damn well look amazing. Yeah, you would, you would, uh, you would think, and it does. Yeah. It it really does look beautiful. It's just, I am 100 percent glad I did not see it in theaters. One of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. One of these days, but not today, because uh, today we're talking about some comics, Ooh. comic books. Um, 
some new information on something that well here's here's something i think steve you and i have been doing this podcast for over two years i don't believe we've ever had a comic section where we talked about a star wars comic book um we might have or we might have tangented into some but yeah i don't think uh true we definitely tangent into them but like i don't yeah. think we've ever done a story about a star upcoming star wars comic we do yeah. marvel we do dc dc we do we've done tons of like indie stuff so but this is apparently this was announced in april but we got some new information about uh star wars dark droids event this week um like i said it was announced in april um, but it's coming out in August, August 23rd, written by Charles Sewell with art by Luke Ross. And the synopsis is Scourge of the Droids, a Star Wars epic like you've never seen before. Who or what is the Scourge and why is no droid safe? As a corruption spreads from one droid to the next, the Rebellion and the Empire face chaos. What role does Ajax Sigma play in all of this and whose side is he on? Find out when horror comes to a galaxy far far away this is supposed to be like a horror story um about droids getting possessed by some scourge whatever the scourge is um yeah. and some of the artwork has like a bunch of droids but they're the eyes or the lights on them are all purple instead of the normal blues or yellows or whatever color and like i say it's pretty creepy seeing c3po uh with purple eyes looming over somebody like a villain um almost like something they could have done in episode nine, the rise of Skywalker and uh, chicken out and decided not. Um, uh, but yeah, Steve, I know you read star Wars comics. Do you know anything about this? Are you into this? Do you know what the scourge is? Uh, no, uh, it seems oh, cool. like it's going to be some sort of droid disease and it'll get passed around. But uh, I can say I was uh, that that image that you're talking about with all the different droids had it had Chopper with uh, with purple eyes and yeah there was one droid that has not made an appearance in any canon that is a uh, extremely near and dear to many many Star Wars fans hearts uh, and you will have no clue who the hell it is because okay. you haven't played Great. Star Wars the Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, great. So HK-47, who is uh, one of the best characters in that game, uh, oh, wow. is in the artwork with purple eyes. And uh, you know those wow. the assassin Crazy. droids that we saw in The Mandalorian? Yeah. Uh, he's like a um, rusted out version of them. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, yeah, it it's it's getting the, the Star Wars comic verse all happy because bringing hk back into anything back. is it's gonna be good that's awesome so um i looked it up do you know who ajax sigma is no ajax sigma apparently is from the high republic ajax sigma is a droid the first ever droid that had its own free will huh. it was like a warrior droid with its own free will um uh but it was like killed or dismantled or something because of the danger that a free will droid poised to the rest of the galaxy who just enslaves their droids. Um, uh, and his like memory core was eventually years later stolen by none other than Han Solo and Chewbacca. But when they learned what it was, they didn't deliver it and they buried it somewhere. So huh. it wouldn't like fall into the wrong hands, but now someone has found it and, uh, Ajax Sigma is back and, um, I don't know if they're part of the scourge or part of like controlling these droids 
or whatever. Um, I read an interesting thing about how it could also affect possibly cyborgs, including Darth Vader. Oh, what happens if Darth Vader gets taken over by this like scourge? That'd be crazy. I'm more worried about Lobot. Um, about Lobot. Yeah, I know. I'd be terrified. <laughs> or like who? Uh, Fennec Shand. Also. Oh, true. Technically, yeah. technically, Luke Skywalker. He's got a robot hand. Oh, is no. Oh, no. We've got the crossover we didn't know we needed. What's that? Luke Skywalker's hand is possessed. You know where we're like going he, with this? We're like going evil straight dead. up Evil Dead. <laughs> with mark <laughs> hamill <laughs> oh man yeah yep that's the crossover we didn't know we needed <laughs> i'd pay i'd pay real good money to watch bruce campbell as ash teaming up with mark hamill as luke skywalker <laughs> one with a chainsaw for a hand and the other with a lightsaber for a hand the, yeah. oh man <laughs> yeah just a lightsaber for a hand yeah oh just, my god what a great idea yep Oh man, what a great! Yeah, we got to pitch that. Somebody, to somebody make that happen. I don't know <laughs> who's listening. No one possibly make that happen. But I really want Sam Raimi. You, uh, oh, oh, yeah, Sam, hey, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, big fan of the pod. We yeah. know Sam's out there notable, listening. Notable podcast you, listener. You're in control of the Evil Dead universe. You have also worked for Disney when you made Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. So why don't you just call up your buddies at Disney? And say, hey, I got a great idea. I'm making Army of Darkness 2. And it stars Luke Skywalker <laughs> and Ash. Uh, man, that would be great. It would also be really dumb and terrible. but also Oh, it would be horribly amazing. Yeah. It's a really bad idea that I, um, I want with all my heart. <laughs> now. <laughs> now that I thought of it. Um, um we don't really talk about the, uh, and nobody really does, the idea of droid sentience in Star Wars. I feel like this is a topic that the movies and the material, they always dance around it, but they never really want to talk about it. Like the closest we've got was in Solo where L3 is like actively trying to liberate droids and right. thinks droids are slaves. But it's either like you either believe that droids don't have any feelings and are just programmed to seem like they have feelings or you have to be okay with all droids being slaves. Um, So you either believe they're sentient and they're slaves or you believe they're not sentient and you're fine with it. But like a, a lot of the content seems to push in the direction of them being sentient and just being slaves. But then they always stop short of like actually addressing it because it's kind of a depressing, really depressing no, it really is. thing if you think about it. So I get why they don't really want to talk about it. But then if they don't really want to address it, then why even get close to it at all? Like even this like comic book is like dancing right up to the line of like, is this just abhorrent behavior <laughs> completely of every character we've ever met in Star Wars ever? Yeah, that's just kind of strange. Like Artu. What do you think? What, do is, you think, what is Artu's think... situation? Just yeah. because he hasn't had his memory wiped in a whole long time, he sure seems right. sentient. Like, yeah, he does. He always is expressing emotions and expressing expression, expressing expressing you know uh, human style. Yeah. Whatever. Um, right. So 
you know, our R2 and 3PO sentient and no other droids, that also doesn't make sense. So what are we sense. doing here? Yeah. And like, why would you program? Like, if C3PO isn't sentient, why would you program a droid to just be like nervous all the time? <laughs> right. You know, like you'd think you'd just be like, okay, I need to like adjust this knob in the back of his head so he stops just panicking constantly because <laughs> yeah, he's getting pretty annoying. God, can he stop freaking out again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or why would you program like L3? Why would you program L3 to want to liberate other droids? <laughs> yep. Like that would be a problem. So there's lots of questions and no one ever wants to answer them. I'm not even, I don't even really want to answer them. Just uh, an interesting thought. Um, this week in your local comic book store, you can find most of the following books. Amazing Spider-Man number 29, Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries number 10. It's on Another both one our poll lists over at Funky Town Comics, our current That's show right. sponsor. It's on my poll list at Funky Town Comics as well. Batman Incorporated, number 10. Betty Page, number 2. Danger Street, number 7. Fallen Friend, number 1. Gargoyles, Dark Ages, number 1. Ghost Lore, number 3. Haunt You to the End, cool title, number 2. Immortal X-Men, number 13. In Hell We Fight, number 2, also another cool title. Another round of DC's Night Terrors books coming out this week. We got Night Terrors, official Night Terrors, number 1. Uh, Night Terrors Flash, Robin's got one, Shazam, and Night Terrors Zatanna also coming out. I love Zatanna. I'll probably pick that one up just because I like reading books with her in it. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number eight, Moon Knight number 25, My Little Pony 40th Anniversary Special. Make sure to run out and pick that one up for sure. Night of the Living Dead, Reneven, Reven, Revenance. That's a word that I don't <laughs> say that often. Night of the Living Dead, Revenance, number four, Planet of the Apes, number four, Red Goblin, number six, Scarlet Witch, number six, Star Trek, number 10, Star Wars Bounty Hunt numbers, number 36. Did I just copy? I feel like a lot of these have the same numbers, and I might have just read the wrong number. Anyway, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, 36, Star Wars Darth Vader, 36, Superman Lost, number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Stranger Things, team up, number one. Weird crossover so i found out there's also a teenage mutant Ninja turtles and street fighter crossover which is also oh, weird very weird yeah they also did a uh batman crossover teenage mutant a couple yep. years ago uh the rocketeer my man the rocketeer <laughs> in the den of thieves number one unstoppable doom patrol number four that book is great world's finest teen titans number one and x-men days of future past doomsday number one Steve, do you know anything about X-Men Days of Future Past Doomsday? Is that like a spin-off or a sequel or something to the seminal X-Men story Days of Future Past? Well, I don't really know. I cool. hadn't heard me of either. it until right then. So hey, me either, buddy. Uh, me either. Oh, uh, apparently it will reveal the never before told saga that preceded Claremont and Burns groundbreaking Days of Future Past. Written by Guggenheim, so that'll be solid. Oh, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, I'm sure that you can Manuel find Garcia most of those too. titles. What's that? Uh, Manuel Garcia on art. Oh, awesome. I'm sure you can find most of those titles at uh, Funky Town Comics and Vinyl in Camillo's, New York. Check them out. Um, Steve, have you uh, read anything this week? Looking to read anything? Looking to pull any of these things on this list? Uh, no. I was looking over there to see what I 
<laughs> what I had touched. And I was like, nope, haven't touched any of those things over there. So yeah, not, um, that, not that, not that, yeah, not that. No. no. And nothing outside of Scooby-Doo and Batman. There's nothing on my pull list. But Fallen Friend is uh, the continuation of the death of Kamala Khan. Um, yep. And then were you ever a Gargoyles kid when you were growing up? Um, I watched some episodes of Gargoyles. It never really sucked me in. I know there's I, people that love it, love it, I think it, love that it. might have been like a year or two past us. No, it, it was on because it was on right after Batman the Animated Series. And I was, was coming home from school and watching Batman okay, the so Animated it might Series. Have been, like it might have been right before me. Life depended then. on it. Because I, yeah. I never found it or saw it or got like got pulled into it. But you're right. Some people yeah. are absolute like de- devotees. Yeah, and I like I think I I remember trying to get into it. Yeah. But I just feel like it was on right after Batman the animated series and Batman the animated series is so incredible that anything after that was like this isn't as good as the show I just <laughs> right watched. Down to so, a, right to let down. Yeah, exactly. So um uh so no, I never really got into them. I I I like the idea of just like mythical gargoyles that come to life at night and are like kind of superheroes. Like that's a cool idea yeah. for sure. Um, and for those people that love it, I'm glad that it's out there. I'm glad they're getting more of it. Just like I'm glad, despite me not pulling it or reading it, I'm glad there's more Rocketeer out in the world um, because it still uh, feels my, fills my heart with nostalgia when I read that there's new Rocketeer stuff, even though I haven't consumed any new Rocketeer stuff since I was nine. But, uh, you know, I'm still glad it's out there. I should probably do that. I should probably get into it. I should probably rewatch the movie and see if it's, I was going to say, see as if it holds up I first. Like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> let me see. What did I rewatch recently with my son? Oh, Hook. We watched Hook recently. Did that hold up? Um, Hook was like my absolute favorite movie when I was a kid for a while. And I knew every line of it. I could recite the entire movie when I was a child. Um, and we're looking at movies to watch. I was like, oh, yeah, Hook. We could watch Hook for sure. And it's not a perfect movie. I definitely saw the cracks in it. I definitely saw how some of the dialogue is bad. I definitely saw how some like plot points really don't make sense or like juxtaposition of scenes don't make sense at all. Like the characters are making decisions that don't really make sense whatsoever. And if I had seen Hook when I was an adult, I'd probably be like, this is a bad movie. Um, but uh, watching all that, realizing all that, I absolutely loved every second of it. The nostalgia <laughs> was just coursing through my veins and i still knew every line i still knew what was gonna i was just yep it was great i hadn't seen it in probably 25 years but That's, uh it was it's always good great. though like, when that like you you see something you haven't seen in that long and it just clicks yep yeah i was like yep i see that it's not good it's way too long it's like two and a half hours long it's like really it should not be that yeah should not be that long um but like, yo, Robin Williams is Peter Pan. Dustin Hoffman is Captain Hook. That cast is great. Yeah. Great cast. Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell. Like, the guy they, who plays Rufio is Rufio. Yeah, Rufio plays <laughs> Rufio really well. Rufio as himself. Not the band. <laughs> the the young boy. Yeah. Yeah. The lost boy. That's it. Um. So, yeah. So not everything holds up, but doesn't mean that you can't still love it. Oh, you would be um, uh, you'd be proud uh, today. Well, uh, for his TV time, my son decided to say, "Oh yeah, we should watch. Uh, we should watch Teen Titans Go." Oh, nice! He didn't end up Very watching proud. it. That oh. lost out to Is It Cake season two, but <laughs> it was on the mind. 
Speaking of that, you know what I watched uh, with my son? Speaking um, of is it cake or speaking of Teen Titans Go? (laughs) Speaking of watching things with your your son. (laughs) Um, We watched the first episode of My Adventures of Superman. Oh, nice. um, Which uh, we knew was coming out. I knew was coming out. I wasn't sure if it was for kids or not or how like, you know, family friendly it was. But Mm. um, our new boss... Jesse from Funky Town Comics told both of us that it was uh, family friendly, so I suggested it, and we watched episode one. It was great. I liked it a lot. Um, there's two episodes on Max right now. I think it's coming out weekly on Adult Swim, and then shows up the next day on um, Max. And uh, it was great. Colors were really vibrant and great. I really like the characterizations. Um, I like what they're doing. They're like they're, all the characters are younger. They're like just starting out at the Daily Planet as like interns. He's not fully, he doesn't have a suit yet or anything. So he's just kind of finding himself like, it was really good. I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. My son loved it. So we're in My Adventures of Superman. Perfect. Um, My Adventures with Superman. I think I said of Superman. It doesn't make sense. But uh, okay, we got one one shot before we're wrapping up tonight's episode. Um, Ernie Hudson, Winston Zedmore himself, has confirmed that the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel has completed filming. And I was glad when I read this because I forgot that they were making a sequel to this movie. Well, try being me who read this in the notes and was like, "You uh, for for those who don't have access to our show notes, which is everyone except Mike and I, uh, <laughs> it didn't say Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I was like, Ernie Hudson's coming back for an actual Ghostbusters sequel? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's not Ghostbusters 3. Sorry, it's a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um. And uh, Ernie Hudson said this. He said, we finished. The movie is done. It's wrapped. Obviously, they're editing and doing whatever else. I've heard rumors about the end of the year, meaning like a release date, um, that they'll push for or maybe spring of next year. I never know how the studios are going to do whatever they're going to do, but the filming is done, which was a little bit difficult with the writer's strike and everything going on. So I know there was a lot of shuffling around in terms of where it was going to be done, but I'm very thankful that at least we got it done in the can, and now I'm like everybody else, just waiting to see what it all looks like. So I think it's cool. Like Ghostbusters is still a very popular franchise. Um, Afterlife made a bunch of money when it came out. So obviously they greenlit a sequel and they certainly set it up. Did you ever see Afterlife? I have you never saw yet. that, did you? No. Yeah. They certainly set it up for a sequel. Um, and, uh, but it's not like, it's not a big enough franchise you know, it's not like Batman or Spider-Man or something where like people are going to be reporting like, oh, who was spotted on the set of the Batman part two or get a load of Tom Holland and his new Spider-Man. You know, like there's nothing like that, like which I think is a blessing for this movie. Like there's no leaks. There's no like trying to get those shots of Ernie Hudson in his Ghostbustering uniform or whatever. You know, I don't know if he's even going to, you know, be a Ghostbuster in it, but like. It's it's able to film with complete secrecy because mm-hmm. nobody like it's not on the it's not anymore on the level of people are trying to spoil this or get, you know, early leaked photos or anything like that. So when I read this, I was like, oh, damn, they're done with the Ghostbusters sequel already. Like, I forgot that they were even making that, which I think is good. I think that's a good thing because then people I think it's good for franchises I think it's good for people to forget about franchises and then when they come back, be like, oh, yeah, I like that thing. I'm going to go see that movie, which we've gotten very far away from um, in recent, you know, like Marvel. We got to put out three, four movies a year so people don't forget about us. 
Meanwhile, Star Wars took 20 years off and came back with, you know, the prequels or whatever. Right. And we all lost our minds when they announced they're making new Star Wars movies like that kind of thing. So um, I'm excited for a new Ghostbusters movie. I liked Afterlife enough. It was a perfect movie. Uh, a lot of it is uh, pretty paint by numbers Ghostbusters. But um, I was I liked the new characters enough that I'm excited for a sequel. Perfect. For sure. I wanted more of them. So away we go. Absolutely. Stuff. Oh, so I think that might be it. Um, Steve, do you have anything else um, for this podcast that we should talk about or are we all done? I think we might be all done. I think we might be all done. I think that means right. uh, if you are listening, well, I was going to say if you're still listening, but if you're hearing me talk, you're still listening. Uh, you should probably check out the multiverse com. You should probably check out the multiverse report on all of the socials that matter. Um, and you know send us a send us a line at multiverse support at gmail.com uh please please uh go on youtube leave us a review subscribe uh yeah apple Podcasts, same deal spotify same deal however you're right consuming you. uh consuming the content uh feel free to drop us a five-star review and uh help spread the word and helps the algorithm pick up that uh people are people are jazzed about hearing us so um yeah let us know and uh we can you know we'll we'll get at you with uh we'll we'll read off any five-star review we find let's put it that way we absolutely will absolutely will regardless of what it says yes <laughs> that's my our promise make it as ridiculous as you want we'll read it we'll read it uh word for word um and once again thank you to everybody uh who may be a new or a new viewer thank you to um those of you that are following us now on social media Thank you to Funky Town Comics for sponsoring this podcast. And congratulations once again to Kevin Mahoney. You have two weeks to pick up your copy of Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow at Funky Town Comics. So do it. Do it. Congratulations. And hopefully we'll be doing more stuff like that in the future, whether it be other giveaways or special reviews or special episodes or something. More stuff, more cool stuff coming your way for the Multiverse Report. But until then, thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time in the Multiverse.